You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, it is time for another episode of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. And I'm very excited because... It is your day of redemption Um, because, you know, I did a program recently featuring two lovely guests who are with me again, Amanda Bies and Priscilla, and we left off with a horrible, brutal, inconsiderate cliffhanger. And I, I understand that, you know, and I understand how you might feel. I feel great. You know, today we get the rest of the story. And... Uh, with that said, I, I'm, I'm going to refer those of you that are listening to this podcast to the first one to get their introduction. You know, Amanda Buys, she is the founder, along with her husband, Roly, of Canaan Ministries in South Africa. Uh, their website is canaanministries.org. And they have all kinds of resources there, a lot of prayers and trainings and I want to let you guys know that we support them and what they are doing. Priscilla is a survivor who has been working with Amanda and who has a history of working with other coaches and counselors as well and uh, who carries an incredible testimony of encounters in the underwater kingdom, among other places. And, you know, Amanda, I am so glad to have you guys back. I want to open up by letting you ground a few things out and then... I'm going to ask you to walk us into the hippocampus, which is a subject we were not able to get to in the first podcast. Okay, good. Well, Daniel, it's great to be back with you. And it's, it's really such a blessing to journey with you. And um, I know this is, this is heavy stuff and um, could be new for a lot of people. So I trust that everybody is keeping up and what I want to do now is just to um, take you to the word of God so that all of us can know that what we're talking about is based in scripture and that, um, you know, you can go and do a much more in-depth Bible study if you want to. But I'd like to, um, I'm just going to lift out a couple of things. And if you are interested in more scriptures, there's a lot of studies. So the first scripture I want us to look at is Job. Um, I think uh, many times when we refer to water spirits, we speak about Leviathan and Job. Um, and, and I just want to um, highlight a couple of other words that um, have come through around the water spirits. So the first script is Job 26 verse 5. And this is from the expanded Bible um, translation. It says that the spirits of the dead. Now, I know people have got problems talking about the spirits of the dead, dead human spirits or alien spirits. But there it is. It's in the Bible. It starts, this scripture starts by saying the spirits of the dead. And then Strong's 7496 speaks of shades and refers to those living in Hades or void of blood, but they still have memory. Uh, Ghosts or Raphaim. Uh, departed ancestors. So these are all meanings of those that are in the waters. Those who are beneath and in the waters 
Um, the waters and their inhabitants are terrified, and this is the symbol for the forces of evil. And so um, another, the Amplified Bible will say, the spirits of the dead tremble underneath the waters and their inhabitants. So, I mean, this is, I think, scripturally, what we are sharing is, it's in the word, and um, Job, I think, is a good teacher to, to tell us that, that we're on the right track. Then there's some spirit called Yam. I don't know if you've heard of the water spirit called Yam. Yam is the god of the sea in the Canaanite Parthenon. And um, his palace is in the abyss. Now, thinking again of the Kabbalah tree and where the abyss is. Um, so his palace, that's where his palace is. And it's associated with the depths or um, some or, or the oceans. If you look at the at the Hebrew, so Yam is the deity of the depths, and um, he's actually part of chaos, and he's part of the power of the sea, and so it's the foam that gets churned up. It's when you know, like like when there's something huge in the water and it's churning up and it's causing foam. And so um, it's untamed, it's raging, and he is seen as ruling storms and disasters that they wreck. So we were talking about how many um, people drown, how many ships have gone down. We, we started mentioning that the last time. We spoke of um, how the, the, the queen of the sea is married to Zeus. And, and Zeus is a storm god. And so um, he would, with his, with his lightning bolts and churning up and working with Yam, he will stir up the waters and cause chaos. And then we will have the ships um, that will go down. We, we saw many, many refugees that drowned. Those were sacrifices to the water spirits. So you will find along the coastline, you will find certain places where always at that spot, people are drowning, people are drowning. And you know then that there's a portal and there's a water spirit that is coming for sacrifices. And so we have the authority to go and close down those portals to release the spirits that have now drowned to, to ask God to send his escort angels to fetch them and to take them to the place of wherever he assigns them to go. So um, it, it, is, it is very powerful to know what our role as believers are and our authority that we can close down those portals and stop the sacrifices. So if, if in our history ships have gone down and many people have drowned, um, we have a lot along the coast where we are obviously where you guys are as well. And so we need to go to those portals and we need to pray. And we know that, that Satan trades on the waters. So there's a lot of things that happen with waters. Also water spirits, we've got Yam, we've got Abaddon, we've got Leviathan. Rahab is another very strong water spirit. And so other sea dragons are associated with Yam. And then you've got Tiamat. Tiamat is the Babylonian mother dragon. And um, it, it, she's, she's also the same with Yam. 
um, that so so uh, Priscilla can she's got we did a lot of work with with Tiamat, the dragon of chaos, and how she encircled the world, and um, so Pris had this thing about being over the earth and the waters, and and when we started digging up around Tiamat and how the dedications came that she was dedicated to this dragon spirit. Um, we understood what we were dealing with. So Yam in the Bible is translated as sea. And often um, this makes sense. You know, when, when you see these scriptures, I'm going to read Psalm 89 verse 9 and 10 that says, you rule the swelling of the sea. So this is referring to God. When its waves rise, Yahweh, you stole them. You yourself crushed Rahab like one who is slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. And so it's just to, to tell you now, this is, this is interesting, uh, coming from the ancient Hebrew dictionary and understanding um, you know, where, where the sea fits in. In, crea in the creation story, we see that God has, through his spoken word, changed chaos, that's Tiamat or Yam, chaos, back to order. All right, then, but the kingdom of darkness strives to change order back to chaos. And so rule again over the earth and, of course, the sea. So Yahweh rules over the raging pride of Yam. When he tries to come around again, Yahweh stills him. And in this, in, in this time, we see chaos. In the time that we're living now, we're seeing chaos rise up again, big time. We're seeing a lot of action going on in the waters. Um, we're having mermaid schools. We're having a lot of awakening of this whole thing, Little Mermaid. There was all forerunning, you know, to bring this, this, this principle back that um, chaos is going to rule again. And they want to rule from the waters. And so um, he will be allowed to rage for a limited time. And then Yahweh will bring him to his final destination. And so Job 26 verse 12 Amplified says, He stirred up the sea by his power, and by his understanding he smashed Rahab. And here again we see the connection between the sea, Yam, and Rahab. And so um, it's just God is going to have the final word, and we know what now we understand that Yeshua, Jesus didn't walk on the water to show that he's, he can walk on water. He can do magic. He did it to show that he's conquering the water spirits. So when, when we fight against these spirits, we remind them that 2,000 years ago, when Yeshua paid the full price, he made an open spectacle and he disarmed all the powers and principalities. And that was the walking on the water was dealing with the water spirits as well. So it's just, it's just I wanted to, to bring that across so that everybody knows that what we're sharing is really in the Bible, although it sounds very weird and wild and wonderful, but it's there. Another thought that I want to leave with you is um, also think of wells. Okay. Now, wells refer to the womb of Mother Earth. 
So they would go in, and that's a portal also to the Middle Earth, to the underworld, wells. And so there's very strong significance in the occultic world around wells, fertility, wombs. And when you look at the, and, and we're not cracking, we don't want to crack, churches but we crack systems and that is the babylonian system in the roman catholic church and they are very much linked with water spirits and the baptismal font that they have is is in the shape of a shell which is the same shell that venus was birthed from and when we started with priscilla's um to get to to the whole mermaid thing of her training, I saw her being uh, baptized with a shell. And I mean, she wasn't Roman Catholic, but I saw a ritual taking place and I saw her being held by her feet and her little head being put into that water. Now that water is Mother Earth's water. It's holy water. And, and so, um, it's how they put her head in there first. And that was the first drowning as a tiny baby. She was drowned in that water. And then um, as she grew up, they would do repeat, repeat, repeat as she shared. And then later um, they, 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 her, her, her legs got slippery because of, of the, um, transition that was taking place with the tail that was forming. So they would hold her little feet together, dip her, drown her, and introduce her to these water spirits. And then eventually, when they held her one day, and the water was getting deeper and deeper, so that, that she, her legs got so slippery that she slipped out of their hands and went into the water, and that's when she had to learn to be a mermaid. That was her first, you know, they were that was training her to go into that process. So um, I, think, I think that's, you know, to understand that our churches are also the infant baptism, which is not the, you know, the biblical baptism, um, has brought the stuff in, you know, and very much with water spirits, um, very much connected and linked because of Dagon. And we know that the that the headdress that they wear is that is the fishtail so it's dagon so um and it's really please hear my heart it's not to crack the people down the people are precious and the people are those that that jesus died for but that it's the system it's the babylonian system and uh, the belief system of what they are what they are tied up with and, and that, that there's evil roots that need to be cleaned up and dealt with. And so people need to be aware of that. So, um, so that your wells are very important. There's a whole study on wells. If you're interested, you can just ask and we can send it to you um, that you can understand. So, um, you know, if you have wells or anything, those are openings. Those are serious places. Right. So we're going to get to hippocampus. Yes. Can, I quickly, can I quickly add something? Because I got a, quite an exciting testimony about um, what you were saying about people drowning at the coastline. I, I actually live uh, on the coast in, uh, in the Netherlands. 
And we have had some pretty bad drownings in the past uh, months, much more than usual in, um, uh, in the summer. So at some point, I'll, me and, and my husband and some other uh, friends, we were so fed up with people drowning in our backyard, basically, um, that we were like, okay, we got to do something about this. So we, um, we um, started to pray uh, at the sea. We blew the shofar over the sea with our feet in the sea, and we started to do some warfare there. And uh, just what Amanda just explained, closing the portals. And, and, and uh, we were very careful to not move out, out of ranking. So we, we, it was a bit of a search to how, how to do it right. And then I think it was yesterday or maybe this morning, this article uh, came up in a newspaper saying that, um, uh, that they are going to change the uh, Coast Guard system and uh, that, um, uh, that they want um, more safety in the, uh, at, on the coastline and that um, uh, they're going to put money in it, you know, and stuff like that. So it was a huge um, confirmation for us that something has happened in the spirit and that uh, even now in the physical, things are going to happen to prevent people from, from drowning in the future. So wow. just a just a quick testimony. In That's great. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> yes. So uh, you know, you you bring up points, Amanda. Uh, the the Roman Catholic institution. Uh, my audience is not going to be surprised or confused about what's going on there. Uh, our, our our people are very well aware of the infiltration. And I mean, I think one of the clearest evidences is not only that the Pope wears that Dagon fish hat, as well as the bishops, but the Pope's staff has a crucified Christ and it's bent. Why? Because the crucified Christ bends to the vicar of Christ, the Pope, the head of the church. Christ is bowing to him every time he carries that staff. That would give you an indication right there of what kind of system is behind that structure. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things that come through that gate that need to be broken. And we we have to get people regularly delivered from religious spirits specifically associated with Catholic initiations, um, prayers to saints, prayer beads, bondage to the, you know, all of that and the various sacraments. Like the, these things actually wind up being renounced. People get freedom, including the mm. infant baptism. Uh, another, because it's a, it, it is a baptism into the realm that is the Roman Catholic Church. It's not a baptism into Christ. Our, we are full immersion, baptized into Christ Jesus, that his realm, because he is the realm of his own kingdom, the Roman Catholic baptism is a baptism into the church and it's in their language. It actually, you see it in the script. It's like, we are baptizing you into the church, their church. And so that's bondage. Anyway, yeah. thank you yeah. for pointing that out. Let's talk about the hippocampus. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, is it possible to show the, um, the picture? Then it'll help so that they can see what is 
Okay, there we have Hippo. It's This guy's called Hippocamp. So he's a seahorse. And um, it was very interesting that we, we saw this, um, this entity. This is a very powerful entity, uh, Hippocamp. And um, the other picture that um, is there we've got the seahorse and next to it we've got exactly what the hippocampus in the brain looks like and the hippocampus in the brain you've got a right side and a left side and that's where your memories are stored so when uh, you go through these traumatic memories and you can't act you, you struggle to access them um, you know, you pray and you, you try to, to find out the history. What happened to me? Um, what did they do to me? Then um, we really struggle to, to get hold of the memories. And, and they would say, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I can't remember. Um, I don't know what is going on. Um, and then we started to see the role of hippocamp. And in the waters, and it's got to do with the subconscious mind. And what is interesting is that um, the, the, the whole thing about the subconscious mind, we have a, a, a foundation nation group in, in, in South Africa called um, the San or the Bushman or the Khoi San. Um, it's, 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 a, it's the first tribal, the first peoples of, like you have the, um, the, the the Native Americans and the Eskimos, um, you know, that, that's part of your world and your country. And we have our foundation nation people, which is like the, the Khoisan people. So um, they would go into trans states and they would say they go under the water, which means they, they would snuff, they've got some bush, some herb that they snuff until their nose bleeds. Then they ride on the blood in the spirit that opens the gateway. And this, like deer, comes to fetch them. It's like a little Bambi thing that comes to fetch them. They get on the back of this thing and they go in the spirit. But they call it, when you go in a trance state, they call it going under the water. So basically, you are now connecting with what's in the under the water. So it's water spirits, and so they would. Um, we have trans parties where they uh, they have disc jockeys that they play certain musics with certain frequencies and um, and rhythms that they without drugs they can take people into trances so they will have different disc jockeys that open up the chakras and they start opening up the bottom which is the, the whole sexual thing so they start with the bottom uh, the red the red layer you know the the foundation and, and they work up according to the frequency so they start first of all with a slower frequency so by the time just before the sun rises they have awakened the very last chakra and these people are in a total trance state and they 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 go to sites where these people the the first peoples have made their cave drawings 
And those are open, those, those are gateways. Those are temples for the gods. So the spirits are there. That's on, on the land. It's, it's like a raw piece of field and that they have these transporties and thousands come. It's very much like the Burning Man kind of set up. Um, and, then, wow. and then they would play the music. And then these, 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 there would be the most horrific things that happen at these transporties. But it's based on ancient altars of the, of the trance of how these people would drum and go in spin and go into a trance. But they talk about going under the water, which goes into the subconscious. And that's where hippocamp resides and what we then saw is that hippocamp is the strongman entity over the hippocampus wow of the of of the survivors and so if you if you just look at how your hippocampus stores your memories on the left and the right it's it's different um, ways that it would store. So it would store emotions and, and, and data would be stored in different places, but it's still, it's still hippocampus. Now, what they do, what hippocamp does, because he's the strong man, he, because a lot of what they do in mind control is drugs, and, and they, you know, they, so they go under the water. They, they drug them and they trance them and then, and then they do things to them and they're told, forget, forget to remember. You know, they, they, they wipe. So what Hippocamp does is he takes that memory and he takes it to the quantum world, to an external hard drive in the quantum world where he stores the memory so they don't have it. So then we petition and we ask God to send his angels to restrain hippocamp. And then we go and we retrieve, which is their legal right. It's, it's their legal right as it's their memories. It's their inheritance that's been stolen. And they are being used as slaves. And it's so unfair because they, don't, they never gave permission. They didn't ask for this. And so hippocamp being under the water, the water spirit, very strong, very strong entity. He's the one that is taking the stuff to the quantum world and removing it away from the survivors so that they cannot tell you what happened. So we call back, you know, once we've restrained him, we call back the information to come back to their hippocampus so that we can start to actually see what happened because only then you can pray once the memory is back because how do you heal? I mean, if you don't feel, you've got to get the memory back. So I just thought that is so interesting that it's linked with the subconscious mind. It's linked with the water spirits and the trance states, you know, so, um, wow. you know, to just, just, bring that link in as well and uh, the understanding of, of how it is, how it works. But I'm sure that um, I, I know your mind and the way the Lord has anointed you, you're going to take this further. So, 
Well, <laughs> God's going to be with you. <laughs> so. th thank you for the vote of confidence. Um, you know, the, that, that is fascinating, fascinating. And, and here's the thing. I don't necessarily know, you know, sometimes, sometimes people think I'm an encyclopedia of knowledge about how which entity of the hundreds and thousands of entities there are is involved in which process and protocol. And, and, and I get some of these questions and I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we just kind of get in there and work with what we got and solve the problems as we come over them. But that, that is a huge key. And I appreciate you sharing that. And it's a deep, deep connection and it's profoundly interesting. So thank you. Um, when we left off in our last conversation, there, there was a lot, Priscilla, that you had brought up. And I'm going to be honest. I think everybody was thinking the same thing. When's she coming back? Dang. <laughs> that, that was deep. And you mentioned Zeus. And you mentioned that, you know, his role in the not just underworld, but the underwater world. And, and I want to let you talk a little bit about that because you had some exposure there. Um, there is a connection. There's a connection to Graves of the Sea. Not only that Amanda brought up from a scriptural standpoint, but that you actually have from an experiential standpoint. I want to let you talk about it. All right. Well, um, no, yes, I think it was, uh, there is so much to, to talk about each aspect. And, and I think a lot of, uh, for a lot of other survivors, it will be good to hear that the memories that they have are just flashes of memories. It's not like you're not crazy. It's it's there. It's true, and uh, and it's good to explore them and and to um, not. It's it's not only for yourself, but to me, I got motivated to work on my memories because. In the end, it brings glory to God because when you expose the works of the evil one, what what he does, then then uh, you can get free, and other people can get free, and and it 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 brings glory to 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 God. So I think um, that is that is very important. It always it has to be about the glory of God and not just. Um, memories being interesting or or i mean which they they are interesting but it's not it's not about the memories it's about exposing the works of 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 satan and um um so that other people can get free as well and um i think where where when it comes to zeus and 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 uh poseidon and all those entities um it's it's all um, like f for me, I would talk a lot about the Greek or the Roman mythology because I think that was part of my programming, how I got, um, uh, how I got programmed. I have a lot of, uh, Babylonian entities and, and some Egyptian. And then there are other people when they, when they are from another part of the world or they had a different programmer that they might have used a lot of like Indian or Buddhist or Hindu um, or Chinese. I mean, it's like there is so much uh, to to work with. There is so much entities. What you said, like, <laughs> if you would be that encyclopedia, I would be like, really? Do you know all the entities? I mean, there's so many. It's 
And, and there are many who describe the same thing. So people who are programmed with, for example, Norse mythology, um, they can have the same memory, but it would be Thor that, that they think about where I would maybe talk about Zeus and somebody else would be saying, no, 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 it's Jupiter. You know, so um, just to make, explain a little bit of how, how that works in my system and the program, the programmers that, that work with me. And um, I think um, being um, uh, in the sea and um, having, uh, having a, I had a lot of assignments in the sea and what happens is that um, at some point you're being, I was being programmed uh, with all the elements. So there was there was uh, air, there was uh, uh, earth, uh, fire, um, and water, and um, each each element um, has its own uh, powers and entities and, and everything. But what they wanted me to learn in my programming is is not to switch into a part that works with fire or a part that works with wind they wanted to create a a part in me that would be able to to um to use all of them and and whenever necessary so if i would if i would have to battle with with other uh survivors uh, or people who, were, who had been programmed the the stronger you are and the more skilled you are, you can use um, the different elements at the, at the same time. And, and I think that is what, um, where the different um, entities are being involved as well. So let's say you're in, um, in the sea, like there was a, a point a few years ago where we had all the refugees from from Syria and, and uh, those places and they they went on the boat um, I think it was Egypt or you know someplace over there and they crossed the Mediterranean Sea is that how you call it in English the, Me the Mediterranean Sea um, yes and um, uh, we Dutch have a very easy word. We call it the Middle Sea because it's in the middle of something. <laughs> but it's it's the Mediterranean Sea, and a lot of refugees crossed. and And at some point, um, I was assigned to to uh, to that part of the sea. And um, I mean, that is where so many souls were claimed and. Um, what what we had to do, it wasn't me, you work, you work with other uh, survivors as well, is, is you, um, you create storms, you create um, um, uh, lightning and, and, and you work, you, you call on the entity, but you also are part of that entity in a way because you, 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 you have covenants with the entity where you where you marry the entity entity and then they work on the principle of being one flesh so um you you, you really have access to to all the powers of that entity and um so for example if if you work with zeus that's where you have his big uh, lightning 
um, bolt and the sword that that he has and um, and yeah, that's that's a good picture um, where where he creates a storm and he rises up from the storm and and that's where boats, for example, just get it's it's not a normal death. It's not a normal. Um, uh, uh, a storm that happens. It's really a um, um, dark, dark st storm that happens. And I'm, I would be very interested to to hear uh, survivors from from the boat, the the people that made it to 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 the mainland. I would be very interested to hear how they experienced those storms because it's it's um, it can't be that they would say it was just a normal storm because there was so much evil and the charge like the electrical charge that comes with it 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 causes um um like a power power shortage on on boats and and things like that so um, can i just ask this question as you're breaking this down uh, you were working with other survivors to create these storms through your covenants with Zeus and other entities, which were marriage covenants in many cases. Mm -hmm. Now, were you doing this in the Mediterranean Sea in your mermaid form? Um, yes, you would. Um, you would. Um, wow. Uh, it could be as a mermaid. Um, it could be as I, I showed you a picture last time of a mermaid queen where you uh, that's where you actually get the tentacles and and uh, you can use those tentacles to 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 attack them as well. But you also pull the people under the water. It's like people sometimes you hear this story of somebody who says I was pulled under the water by a mermaid. And then they say, ah, you, you drowned and you just saw things. And, but that, that actually happens. We are trained to pull people under the water and, and, and to, um, to sacrifice them, to bring, sometimes have to bring them to special places. Um, I don't know if you know, but um, the Mediterranean Sea, if you would go near Israel and, and Greece and, and, and those places, if you would go to the bottom of the sea, there you're gonna actually find um, how do you call them Mega megalithic structures and and temples and 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 uh, altars where where um, it, it's a very charged part of the sea and um, people will be brought there to to be sacrificed and um, um, and and there will be very weird um uh, uh how do you call them like streams the the currents that um that will um cause the ships to to uh to to lose track and then they will be attacked and they sink i mean that is that is how we were trained to work and um and sometimes you can do it alone like but often um, they make a competition out of it. So there would be maybe three or four survivors that uh, get the same assignment or like take down as many people as you can. And I mean, it sounds horrible when, when I say it and I, I'm, I'm not saying this as a, 
like something cool. It's, it was a cool game. It, it wasn't like that, but it is how you were trained and, and, and how you were thinking, like, I have to win. This is like, I have to grow in ranking, so I have to win. So that is your motivation as well to um, to to uh, attack these these refugees in this case. And, um, and I think that's a really, um, it was, it was, it was very intense for, for me to, to actually, um, repent and, and also renounce my, my, um, all my, um, covenants that I made with the entities, giving back the, um, it's very important to give back all the skills that, that you get and the weapons that, that you have. And, um, cause it's something that you tend to hold on to. So, okay. I, I don't want the bad stuff anymore, but I like the, you know, the power that I get. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting then when very recently, actually, when I, um, worked with, with one of my, uh, it was actually a merman part of me, which is possible as well. Um, he was going to meet Yeshua and Yeshua took him to a river. And it was the river that, that it, it was Yeshua or Jesus, his river. And, and he encouraged him to come to, to come with him in the water. And, and my part was very um, scared and also embarrassed because it would, the moment um, his, fit, his feet would hurt, um, hit the water, he knew he would change into his merman and that would, um, that, that would be very embarrassing to happen in front of Yeshua. And um, so when he finally did it was so amazing because the water was unlike any water this part of me had ever experienced and it was a water that was that was cleansing and it was showing the truth and instead of hurting and embarrassing this part it it, it worked healing and and it showed the truth of who he was like he thought of himself as a man and very gently, the moment his feet were entering the water, it was like, oh, wow, I have tiny feet. And, and, and like female feet, like I, I really have a small uh, size feet. And, and, and my legs, he saw my legs and it was like, oh, this is female legs. And instead of the normal transition of going into a merman or some kind of creature, he saw himself as the truth of who he really was, which is a woman. And, and, and it wasn't even traumatic for him because before when, when my male parts would discover that they were trapped in a female body, they would like flip. They, they would be, they would go crazy. And, and often suicide programs would, would be triggered because it, I wasn't supposed to find out that I was a woman. And, um, and this was, this was so gentle and so loving of, Je of Jesus to, to, um, bring healing to this part of me that, um, that the moment uh, this happened, he bowed his knee 
to Jesus and said, I want to serve you. I want to serve, I want to serve in your army and, um, and whatever, whatever you want me to do that I will do it. And it was very healing and, and special to, to go through that, um, moment. So. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and folks, by the way, you know, as, as we have these kinds of conversations, you have to realize that uh, some of the stuff that Priscilla is describing is actually occurring in her subconscious, not physical 3D world where she is shape-shifting. And so she has parts that were in her body that were both male and female mermaids or mermen. And uh, this is a case where one of these parts is actually switching sides and I, I, this is beautiful. Now, I want to have you come back to underwater graves. Yes. Um, I think I, I, uh, we got a few pictures for you there. It's um, there. The Bible speaks that at some point the, the sea will um, uh, give back the dead. Uh, and... Um, there are a lot of places in the in the waters, uh, in the sea, but also in in freshwater uh, lakes, um, where they they uh, there are actual graveyards for 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 people. They, there are prisons where they hold where where they um, uh, keep the, uh, the 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 dead or yeah the dead human spirits in in the um, at the bottom of the ocean. Now, the bottom of the ocean has access points to the actual underworld. So they are very closely connected. And um, the entity that the um, the entity that is over the sea and the entity that is over the underworld, they um, they actually made some kind of deal. You know, like not to to have power in the waters you want the you want spirits there and you want blood and you want blood crying out from the ground to to um to have power so not every um uh spirit or a human that dies um is being transported to the underworld and they're being kept in prison uh, and it's this scripture that Amanda just read, the inhabitants and the, the spirits of the dead that, that reside under the waters. And um, Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's the thing. One of the most curious passages, even if you missed Job, is where yes. you get to the book of Revelation. And it's like, well, the uh, death and hell, or Hades, gave up the dead which were in them, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Yes. Revelation 20. And so you're like, well, why does it say C? And, and there's so many people that, you know, well, I don't know. So many theologians just like, meh, skip yeah. right over it. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. We, as, as Christians, um, we, we always, we, we really like the, the theology that when you die, you immediately go to, to heaven or not like to another hell or Hades or whatever you call it, Gehenna. Um, but 
I think in reality, when you read your Bible, you see you see different truths, and um, there there is a certain amount of authority that that uh, Jesus has, um, uh, or that, no, not that Jesus has given. Like uh, Satan took it, and and. Um, we know that Yeshua at some point when he died on the cross, the cross uh, was empty, the grave was empty, and he went into the underworld and he took the keys. So he has the keys of the underworld, but there are still people in there and, and people that are dying now that um, they they get trapped and, and they're waiting. So a lot of them are waiting for the final judgment, but then there is all the, also... Um, especially when they make uh, uh, covenants with with Satan, you know, like you, you have all these rock uh, stars that say I made, I made a deal with the devil, but I mean, they are actually making deals with the devil. And after when they die, they have given permission to Satan that that he can use uh, their their spirits. So that's that's quite interesting. Okay, I think, so go ahead, Amanda. Daniel, if, if we can just clarify that if you are a believer and you die, mm. that you, you do go to heaven. I mm. mean, there's no question about that. So that people don't get confused. It's those that die without the Lord. And if they have got the covenants, as, as Pris was saying, then Satan's going to hold them to the covenants and he will use them um, because he's got, a, he's got an army that's in deficit. He's got to try and make up an army. So he's using dead human spirits that have made covenants with him, and that was never broken. And so even after their, after their death, they are being used um, in skeleton armies. Um, you know, there's a scripture in Psalms that says that the, the, the bones, the dead bones, that have encamped me, hmm. you know, so it's, it's, you are fighting skeleton armies and um, it's, it's real. So your, your battle is not really demons because demons, you have authority over, you bind them and they, they have to go. But when it comes to a dead human spirit, um, you've got to know how to pray. And that's really where our battle is. Um, and to understand how to get them released and go where Yeshua tells them to go. But um, just to clarify, I think um, for the believers that if you die, then you definitely will go to Yeshua. There's, there's no doubt you're going to go to heaven. Don't worry. But it's talking <laughs> about those that die that don't know Jesus as Lord and they still have the covenants that are used and of course, um, we know that everything's building up towards Armageddon. And yeah. so that's what the, what the enemy wants to do. He's using all his resources to build up an army and to strengthen his army. And so the water spirits, they'll be fighting from the waters. That's good. Uh, Satan is building an army. Uh, so much of the... You know, the marriage covenant, we, 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 one of the things that we discovered is the marriage, evil marriage covenant grids. Now, there's a lot of types of grids in the spirit world, but let me tell you, evil marriage covenant grids are massive, massive, huge. Why? Because it's a trade into 
in, 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 into dominion. I mean, like, you know, God essentially leased earth to man. Like God owns the earth, but he gave it to man. And by marrying into human bloodlines, the fallen angels and all of their entities get a share on that. So the evil marriage covenant systems is everything when it comes to power. And uh, when you begin to talk about all the spirit children and ungodly offspring that are being brought about um, intentionally, that, that is the amassing of the enemy's armies. You know, one of the things that we realize is that the enemy is using survivors to produce offspring, some of which exists only in the spirit world, but the whole agenda is to open up enough portals and get enough energy working in the earth realm that they can actually bring them in through the portals from the realms where they are being stored now. And that extends into secret space program off planet craziness that we're running into all the time. They are building an army and it's a disgusting, hideous army. I mean, when they talk about in the, you know, the gospels, men's hearts will fail them for fear of those things which are coming on the earth. Well, some of us are giving birth to those things that will cause people's hearts to fail for fear. Like it is really, really intense. So this is stuff. I think God is opposing all of that right now. And I'm not going to get into it, but Here's the thing, right? A lot of these agendas are actually happening in some physical locations, particularly in Antarctica. <laughs> a lot of experimentation, a lot of labs associated with the Nazis, associated with reptilians, and other nations do have some presence in Antarctica as well, as well as the underwater kingdom and its access points. Uh, now, Priscilla, you talked about North and South Pole. You talked about being able to transform uh, from a, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a freshwater mermaid to a deep sea mermaid to a uh, Arctic mermaid um, with blubber to keep warm. Like, I've never heard of anything like that. You're the first person. So I was like blown away. I was like, this is so cool. Wow. Yeah. But that means you had missions. Now, talk to us a little bit about this. Okay. So from the standpoint of the Water Kingdom access your assignments on that level. What were you doing in Antarctica and the North Pole? Well, that's, um, it's very interesting and it's very um, intense. Uh, Antarctica or the North Pole, South Pole, they're not my favorite places. Um, it's the, the labs that they have there are, um, it's beyond inhumane what what happens there and um you know as as i was older as i was a um uh being able to to uh, be be a mermaid and go there um i would often um i would either go there for checkups uh, or receive missions um sometimes i had to be uh, present to um, to help with uh, programming or uh, working on on the littler the smaller um, people still children who were there they would have to um, like use my um, genetic material um, to to take samples to uh, you know, sometimes they need fresh samples. They all, obviously they have my DNA and everything there, but sometimes they need you to be present there. Uh, they would use me to um, 
like they would put me in some sort of coma and from there I would be put into a virtual world and um, and I would be um, working in like in, I don't know if, if I've ever explained about the virtual reality world that that they that's where they do a lot of programming these days um, it doesn't matter like how many times you die usually they're able to recover you and um, and they can kill you in ways that they can't do in the normal real world so um, it only um, it makes the torture just even more extreme and um, but in this case uh, with the uh, mermaid uh, or when I would go there um, they would compare me to younger versions so um, I would I would be transported into a virtual world and they would bring in somebody else and um, um, then there would be assignments in the virtual world they would see okay with the new advancements uh, can can this younger person um, uh, be stronger than this older person person um, so it's a lot of uh, new templates that they're building with the with the uh, younger generation um, and they use the older generation what their templates were like 30 years ago to to see um, how things can be better or more advanced so but as a younger child when I would still be there to be programmed um, that is where um, I basically I lived in a virtual world I at some point I was not able to distinguish anymore which was the real world and what was the virtual world um, and what happened um, I I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the AI programming that they do with the um, with the folks um, and um, the lot they do a lot of um, AI programming there um, where they make you into as like I'm a human obviously as you can see I'm a human but they made me believe that I was a artificial intelligence and so they would give me assignments sometimes where I where they would activate my human program so as an artificial intelligence i believed that i had a human program which made me human but i lost like i lost all my humanity in my mind there was nothing the only thing i knew was that that i was connected to some kind of let's call it a cloud with with a uh, incredible amount of knowledge and um it was connected to 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 past present even a little bit of the future and and uh, um, the knowledge that that was available and and the speed of which you you go with your conscious mind you go to the places it's almost the speed of light that you that you go i mean you're part of the the world wide web in a way but then in a on another level like on a quantum level and um so that is a lot of the things that happen in 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 these labs they um uh, they do the um, hybrid program obviously where uh they they experiment with uh crossbreeding uh humans with with animals or 
animals with animals or fallen angels with um, with humans and, and all that kind of experiments. There is um, um, a lot of, um, yeah, I, I call it the XY project, which is the uh, trans, trans, okay. sorry? Transgender? Transgender and the transhumanist mm. uh, uh, thing that they're, pu- like they're pushing it very, very big now in, in the media, but um, they, they have a lot of experiments there where they're trying for, um, uh, to create a perfect uh, genderless human um, that can um, like impregnate itself. Does that sound uh, like a... Wow. And, um, and, and it's really human 3.0 what they're trying to, to, uh, to create. Um, they're working on experiments to be able to upload your conscience or your soul into into the cloud that you don't need a body necessarily anymore. You know all these, um, and you can find some of this on on the internet. And if you know what shows to watch on television, they're they're very open about it. It's it's crazy uh, what they do. Thank you for that. So, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, um, I'm familiar because we, we run into it all the time. I mean, we, we like always running into this stuff. I didn't necessarily know that they wanted to create a human 3.0 that can impregnate itself and be genderless. That, that for me is new. That, wow. Oof. So, all right. One of oh, the things, yes, go ahead. Can I quickly, um, it's, it's um, and if I'm wrong, you, you just have to interrupt me, but the way I see it is with, we read in the Bible that, that when you are in Christ, you are, you, you are the one new man. And, and Paul uses different descriptions for that. Like there's, there's neither Jew nor Greek, nor, and, and nor man, nor male, nor female. And, and, um, and obviously God created us as like, he created me as a female. So that is his purpose for my life. So it's not that Paul is saying, throw away your identity as a male or a female. He just shows what happens in the spirit when, um, uh, when you be, when you get into in Christ and Satan wants to imitate that he wants to make the one new man as well. And, and in, when in that new man, there is no male nor fem- no female. It's gonna be the perfect new man. Um, if, if you follow my thought. So, one of the things that uh, I'm convinced of, one of the things that I'm convinced of, is that most every survivor that I meet that's bloodline has a connection to hollow earth, which I would also call middle earth. Uh, I actually have a suspicion that the worlds of, of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings, middle earth is actually inspired by a stream of consciousness that is very deep and understanding that there is a realm that is inside of 
earth. Uh, that's different where there are hybrids and there are all kinds of different dynamics at play and that blue bloods, and I use that as a general term, that those that pull genetic code from the 13 root bloodlines all seem to be connected to this realm in a very deep way, a very mysterious way, ways that I'm still discovering. And it seems that there are access points all over the earth, secret access points uh, that can take you there. Uh, and I, I am under the suspicion that some of the major ones are at the North and South Pole. Now, I know that you may have a few keys here and I, I really want to let you talk about it, Priscilla. Like what, if any, were your encounters with the hollow earth realm, especially from the standpoint of, of, of engaging the deep sea, the deep sea portal labyrinths and the underwater world. I mean, what can you tell us? Well, it's interesting then because um, as a survivor, you, you sometimes don't know anymore what is real and what is not real. So when I started to get some of my memories that that are, you know, the picture that you're going to show with, with um, very weird um, creatures walking around in just on a normal earth, it seems. I thought it must have been like, yes, this picture. It, it must have been like in a, in a different dimension. I was like, well, probably this was this was some dimension that, that I was pulled into or a virtual world where I lived. Um, and then I started to, to become familiar with uh, Hollow Earth. And um, that has only been recently when that was triggered in me. And I suddenly started to realize like, oh, wow, all the memories that I thought were from a different dimension are probably from this hollow earth place where I've been. And, and um, what I found very interesting about it is that in this place, it's, um, it really is like the Lord of the Rings or Narnia, how you would describe it like these, the, 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 elves i think the, the you know the little things they 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 do live there and and they and it's as if it's normal to like it's really normal to walk around and 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 see see some kind of weird creature walking there and and the elves and and the little dwarves and and um it's a whole different world that if you tell this to somebody they they if they didn't already think you were crazy then they that moment they were sure you're crazy because who believes that and um <laughs> yeah you do so wait can, can i just say something real quick before you, you continue yeah on the elven bloodline look folks you need to understand this okay First of all, people are obsessed with elves. Like you can't go very far without running into elves. Like it's every fantasy book, everything like, it's there everywhere. Like no one's creative. It's like, well, maybe one person thought of elves, but someone thought of smells. Like no one has smells. It's every, everything is an elf. Like they know the term and you know, they even have their own language. Like they have, the, where does that come from? The, the thing is 
I remember being in a session one day and we were trying to figure something out. And the person was like, there's, there's a bloodline. And I'm like, well, what is it? This was before I had engineered our resource on freedom from non-human bloodlines. And I'm like, yeah. gosh, uh, is it Anunnaki? No, it's not that one. Yeah. Is it, is it vampire? Oh, well that's in there too, but no, it's not that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, elves. Oh my gosh. I remember the session and, and it's just like, whoa, that's really, really big manifestation. Let's get that out of there. You know? And it's like, yeah, the, the elves have inbred themselves into human bloodlines yes. because they exist. Yes, they do. And they have different kinds. Like they, they have brown skin elves. They have like very like Aryan white skin elves. They have like different, and they, they actually surface in different areas of the world. Okay, I'm done. Please continue. No, I mean, it's, that is so true. And, and um, the people have been obsessed by elves because I think in, in, in the collective subconscious of humanity, they know that, that, it, it's there, it exists. And, and I think that is why books like Narnia and, and Lord of the Rings, that they are so popular because people are relating to something that, that they know could be true and, uh, and we know is true. And then um, if you look to the entry point of, I think I, I put a picture there, um, it's, 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 uh, I mean, obviously it's been Photoshopped, but the entry, uh, of the North pole, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a very interesting picture because, um, they want, they want it to be hidden for, for normal public. But when I started to get my first memories of Antarctica, I didn't get a icy place where there was lots of ice and it was freezing cold and and that it was like the 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 grass and 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 it wasn't all that cold and um and and i was confused and then i started to get the memories where you have these um how do you call them the rainforest kind of environments where yeah like this where it's it's like this misty rain is there all the time and it keeps everything green and and um and then there's buildings there that i don't think they're man-made i think man helped to build maybe or they they were you know given some like he would he would give a child something you know when you're cooking and you give a child like oh you can do this you know i think that is basically how it worked when when the uh entities that that were living there um they just showed humanity humans uh, a little bit of what what is possible and the facilities that are there from um they this is where the yes like this is a very interesting picture it it shows a bit it it's a fantasy picture like it's it's not this close under the surface um like there there might be some very thin access point points to to uh to hollow earth but um um you you have to travel 
quite quite a bit to to get to the actual where where a lot of the things uh, are happening. Um, in my experience, these these guys um, you could say they look a bit like the elves, but I the reason why I picked them is that. Um, this would be a lot of the Nephilim that I encountered in that place. So I, I know there's a lot of uh, Nephilim and, and, and hybrids and, and um, um, like the lizard people um, that, that they, they live there and walk around. But for me, I encountered a lot of these kind of uh, very uh, icy blue eyes, wide, wide hair, very muscular, and um, um, and they they do they are like their top leaders are part of those who also uh, would be in the high council that that um, um, rule the the shadow government to put it that way. Wow. So in other words, uh, Hollow Earth is real. Yeah, the way, like yeah, yeah. I would say I, I'm a believer. You know, it's it's it's. <laughs> now, how often do you believe you were sent there or taken there? Ooh, that's a difficult question. Um, like, I had, I had a lot of dreams in like in my normal life where the where. The things were not blocked off. I have a lot of dreams of walking around in in a rainforest kind of environment and and um, you know even playing there as a child and and um, so I would say that you you can be taken there for 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 quite a long time. I think you can even live there for for a while. Like I didn't I I didn't grow up there. I, I grew up in another, like the first few years of my life, I grew up in another place uh, with, with Nephilim. And, um, but I actually believe that there are uh, survivors that are taken there to grow up the first few years of their life because, before they're pe being put in a surrogate family. Wow. Okay. Yes, Amanda. Okay. Maybe we should just explain that because that also blew my mind, you know, to try and understand how that works. Please. But when they create, when, when um, a survivor is planned, they don't only make, they don't only create one little baby. They will create three, four, five identical little ones. And so, you know, they would plan for each one. The strongest one will be chosen and will be the one that will carry the plan. But the others, for example, would, um, like Priscilla, for the first four years of her life, three, four years, she stayed with the Nephilim in Jerusalem under the Temple Mount. And um, I... I didn't know any of this stuff. And we went on a trip to Jerusalem. Um, Roly, myself, my daughter, they, they were living in England at that stage. And so we went over to, to Israel. 
And I met a, a lady that had a prayer house in Jerusalem. And she said to me, I've led this Arab guy to the Lord. And he works in Zedekiah's cave. And he has to check, you know, they've got, they've got railings like with, with rope that the public go. But you're not allowed to go past into the deep parts of the cave. You're not allowed to go in there. But now his job is that he has to make sure before the public come in, he checks the whole cave, but he goes behind the ropes and he goes right to the back and, he, and, he, and he's got this huge light and then because it's pitch dark, you know, and he flashes all along. And, um, and then he would make sure when the people go out, there's nobody else behind, left behind, and everybody's out the cave. So then one day he arrived there in the morning to check the cave and he found this ritual, this whole ritual, um, the remains. So he thought, woo, this shouldn't be here. Gathered it all up, took it to his boss. His boss exploded. He said, no way, you don't touch the stuff. So he didn't know what was going on and freaked out, um, but knew, but something is strange. And at the back of this cave, um, it's very far. You go walk, walk, walk in the darkness. And right at the back, there's a hole. I've got photographs of this. And letters printed into the rock. Ancient stuff. And there were noises coming out of that, out of that hole. And he said, he just, he's, he's freaked out. He said, it's, it's horrific to go there. So he said, but he wants to show us. But it, it was, you know, it's like you just feel, oh, boy, you know, let's get out here quickly. But anyway, he took us, and it was, it was really not, not comfortable. And um, suddenly around, we're walking in the dark, and suddenly we get to this, like, area, and here's a table surrounded with chairs. And I knew this is where they meet. And this is where they make their plans. So I had some oil with me. I anointed every chair. And I said, Father, I don't know quite what I'm doing, but I have, I'm not here just for fun. You've opened this door. You've brought us here to show us all of this. And I'm going to trust you to overthrow whatever is going on in the kingdom of darkness. May this be a prophetic sign of here the, the world leaders are meeting. So anyway, um, we, we got to this hole and took pictures. We've got photographs of it all. And um, year, a couple of years later, I started to actually hear, but there's Nephilim there. And there are things going on there. It's a birthing trough. And the, 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 the Nephilim mothers give birth there. And those are the noises and the things. And I knew nothing of this. But, I mean, this is how God opened it up. So when I met Pris and she told me that she grew up the first four years of her life there with the Nephilim. And then I'm, I'm saying, but who was then at home? Because um, somebody was there that looked like you. So what they did was they took one of the 
Remember I said four or five, depending on whatever the plan is, they will take one little girl, put her with a surrogate family from birth. So mommy will look like she's pregnant and the surrogate mother and, and would be, everybody knows the baby's arrived and then this child would be in the family and then sacrificed when it's time for Pris to move in. And Pris showed me her baby book that they made her a photo album. It's not the same child. The little four-year-old that came in, she's sitting there eating an ice cream, the saddest, saddest eyes. Wasn't the same little girl that grew up. I could see it. But this is how they play the game. They swap them in and out and sacrifice whoever's they finished with. And that's how they could take Pris for a number of years and raise her with the Nephilim and then bring her back in and put her into a family where she's now going to learn her presenter life. And so um, you, you, can just, you can just think the confusion, you know, of, of the part that believed she's a Nephilim and she can't be saved. You know, we had to work through that. And so it's, it's been a journey. It's really been a journey. And the swapping in and the swapping out, people need to understand that it's quite possible to do that because they make, they duplicate m more than just the one little one. So if they take them out of school, and they have to go for further programming or reprogramming, it's easy. Just swap the other one back in. Um, a, a twin, you know, one of, one of the multiples, they swap back. And, and so that's how they would play the game. And, and everybody would carry on life as normal. So I just thought I'd clarify that if there were questions about how could it be. Yeah. How could anybody that? have a question? No, yeah. it's so clear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that happens every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Did you want to add anything to what she just explained, Priscilla? About no, no, I'm not very well. It's the the only thing when you grow older. It's the swapping gets a bit harder because you you start to uh, see the like uh, it's it starts to get a bit more obvious that it's not the same person. Uh, you know, from the, uh, you know, what you look like, it's quite easy to, um, how do you say that, uh, swap, but the ca character and the, um, uh, the ticks that you have, you know, like the way I do my nose or something that you can't really replicate that. So it, it gets harder when you, when you grow older, but they, they, they still do it when you're, when you're about. 12 or 13, that's, uh, that's when they still swap you if they need you. And, and, and I'll tell you what, this, this, this is, the thing is, this is the world that we live in. And this is one of the things that really gets me ticked now, ladies. I just got to say it, right? The fact that I choose not to live in a fantasy world makes me, in some opinions, uh, untrustworthy or uh, it makes me a source of squeamishness. But the reality is that 
this world that we're talking about is our reality. Like this, literally, this is our earth. This is what's happening under our noses in our communities, in nations all over the world. This is our actual past. Uh, I call it the false reality overlay. Everybody's buying into this false reality overlay. It's literally a make-believe story that we are told from birth to help mass mind control the world into thinking that our world is not being manipulated by foreign powers uh, of, of cosmic origin, um, that there are no clones, that there are no Nephilim, that there are no... Co- I have all this language. When we deal with stuff, we, we deal with copies, duplicates, replicas, derivatives, replacements. Like I've had to language all these different terms for all of these categories of things that they use to swap people out with. And yet somehow I'm crazy because the language works. You're not crazy. I, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think I'm crazy. I think that actually we are the ones that are sane. We're not deceived. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's the thing. I, I, I wanted to talk about shapeshifters and how to distinguish humans from shapeshifters and hybrid entities. I wanted to talk I about <laughs> different forms that fallen angels take in the underworld. I wanted, I don't, you guys don't know what I'm about to do here. I, <laughs> no one's going to guess it. You, you, I wanted to talk about Atlantis, right? And I really wanted to talk about merfolk and off-planet operations and probably get back into Kabbalah. Yeah. But (laughs) we don't have enough time. (laughs) Listen, folks, I know no one saw this coming, but this is what's happening. We ran out of time. And, and, and you know, the thing is, unlike, unlike Joshua, I, I am not able to make the sun sand still today. So we're going to have to press pause. I'm, I'm going to have to have you guys back at some point. Just, if you weren't so interesting, this wouldn't be happening to you. But it is. So, you know, folks, uh, I am going to press pause. But... Before we conclude the program, Amanda, is there anything that you absolutely have to say before we conclude today? Hmm. Yeah, Daniel, there is, as you said, there is so much that, um, you know, we, we, we could still add to the picture. Um, I pray every day with survivors that believe that they are goddesses or um, some other entity of some sort. And I have to tell them, but they are human and they, they aren't a goddess. And then I work with the silver cord. I, I speak about the silver cord and I say, well, a human has a silver cord, but an entity doesn't because an entity is not tied to a body, but a human is and so they tricked you and they made you into whatever you believe you are you're this goddess but i said you're actually just the play play one and then they get very upset <laughs> but i am 
And I said, well, if you were, then you, didn't, you wouldn't need a silver cord. The silver cord ties you to a body, which means you're human. So there's, I can just say, I just, I just thank God for what he's taught me. Um, and, and the journey I've had with Priscilla has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's, it's really sometimes hard work because you don't know where you're going and you, and you don't know, and you've got to really dig and pray. And if it wasn't for the completed work of Jesus Christ, that he already has paid the price 2000 years ago. It's a done deal. Nothing else has to happen. Like the survivors, like when, when, when I'm speaking to the queens and I'm saying, you're not a real queen, you know, and you just play, play, and, and, and they, they, they've tricked you. And then she would say, is this a challenge? Then I say, no challenge. The fight's over. There's no, there's no more fight because Yeshua has done it all. We don't, we don't have to fight. You know, it's done. It's a done deal. His blood is speaking from the mercy seat. Yes. It's there. And, and, and because of that, 2,000 years ago, and, and he had conquered every power and principality, and he's kept his promise that he will never, ever leave us. It's on the grounds of that that we are able to fight and fight by taking a stand and not backing off. I had the one survivor say to me, you are a very persevering lady, aren't you? <laughs> I think the Lord trained me to persevere and don't give up, but, but keep on pushing until we're through. And the one thing that really, really gets me going is when they've been accessed. Because then I want to find who it was that was cult loyal, who went out, and we've got to close the door because I don't want them to be accessed anymore. And so, yeah, that's, that's the journey. And um, to say to every survivor out there that it, it just, just love on Jesus Christ of Nazareth because he did it all. If it wasn't for what he, he has done, we would, where would we be? And um, hold on to him. Hold on to his promises. And, you know, let everyone that has to still make a choice, that still has parts that are cult active, make that choice. Realize the battle is about your will. That's what, it's, that's what the tug of war is about. It's whether Jesus is going to win or whether Satan's going to win. It's about, it's about the, your will. Who are you going to choose? It's the freedom of your will. And I always say to them that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he drank that cup and he drank every last drop. Nothing was left. And that means you have your full will back to make that choice. You cannot say to me, I can't. Because of what Yeshua has done. So if that's, if that's how I can close, to give him all the glory and the praise and the honor because he made a way for us so that we can help every survivor, everyone that's bound to come free. 
to walk out of darkness and come into his marvelous light. Well, folks, that's the final word. Until next time, God bless and God speak. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.